came into agreement that um, we wanted to do Killing Kryptonite. And it's really this idea that John Bevere has, this uh, material that just says, is there anything that's hindering, that's keeping me from the presence of God, from miracles, from revival. And he would call it just like Superman. Superman had all of these uh, superpowers and could do anything faster than a speeding bullet, could leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's a bird. No, no, it's a plane. Huh? Uh, right? And the only thing that could keep him down was kryptonite. And he talks about that, that we're the same way, really, is that we, um, we have the all-surpassing power of God within us, that the, you look at the, the gifts of the Spirit in First Corinthians, you look at all these things that really in a lot of ways are otherworldly, that it's supernatural, that God has empowered us, and yet there's kryptonite that can keep us living well below uh, the potential that God has for us. And so I thought, let's take the first eight weeks of a 13-week session, let's do it together, and, uh, and discuss around our groups, and you'll have your own, there'll be tables in here, and you'll get to sit with your own connect groups and all of that, and if you just want to come and be part of this, and, and you're not already signed up for a connect group, come and do that, and then be part of this, and be part of that discussion, and then those last five weeks, everyone will go split up into their own connect groups like normal, so are you guys all right with that, and even if you're not all right, can you just say all right, you yeah. know, that's what we're doing, it's good, I, I believe in it, I think it's going to be awesome, hey, um, just going to do a standalone message today. I think next week we're going to start um, a, a series in the area of evangelism and outreach and a heart for um, the community. And my friend Jim's going to come the next week after that. And, um, and then in preparation for Invite Your One. And we, it really, um, we, just, we just talked, and instead of just doing one big Invite Your One every once in a while, I was talking with Pastor Greg and Keith and some others, and just give me some, you know, I, I would consult these guys that, that kind of eat and breathe evangelism. I'm like, hey, um, you're a little strange. You're not like me. Give me, some, uh, give me some feedback. And we thought, what if it was just kind of, constant like a few times a year that we're every like we're always waiting for the next invite your one to come so there's always this opportunity and so instead of it being this huge high octane thing it's just going to be um you know maybe three times a year and so september is going to be the next one that we get to say who in my sphere needs to be here and you know what i believe about this place is that if you invite your friend or your family member they're going to encounter the presence of god they're going to have an opportunity to, uh, to make a commitment to Jesus, and it could change their life forever. And all you have to do is say, get here. I'll, I'll, I'll ride with you, or I'll meet you at the front doors. We'll, we'll sit together. It won't be awkward. You know, whatever you need to do. So is that enough commercial from me? Okay. What's that? Oh, is, it, is that ready? I, am so, I'm a, I, I really like using my hands. And so for some reason, we, can we just pause for station identification? Yes, 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 Jesus, Woo! come on, I am back, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to do a standalone today um, on the topic of forgiveness, and uh, man, isn't this a, a topic that just hits all of us at different points, like if you, if you are um, breathing, you've either had an opportunity to forgive somebody or you will right? Or maybe someone uh, needs to forgive you. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, forgiveness is a big deal. Um, it's, a, it's a theme for me that's been coming up in, um, in the last few weeks, even just in my own personal life. Um, 
just needing to get clear in my heart and and forgive. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, like I've uh, I've forgiven many different people in my life at different points, and I've uh, um, and I'm still needing to continue. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this is a skill, a spiritual discipline that we need to to learn and um, and use, like sometimes daily. The the, the place of keeping our heart clear and forgiving people. Um, and there's consequences if we don't. And I want to talk to you a little bit. And uh, I don't know if this isn't going to be one of those three-point sermons, although I think if I, I think there's about three points as we go through here. So, so, you, you, so those of you that like the three points and a, and a nice conclusion, you might, you might get it. We'll, we'll see how the Lord does that. But uh, man, forgiveness is huge. Um, there's even been, uh, you know, some friends of mine and some prophetic voices in this house and outside this house that have, that have just been saying, hey, Jonathan, I think there's a theme of forgiveness right now and repentance. And, and, uh, and, I, and I really believe, and a lot of people are saying that there's a key, especially for our house, for Spirit of Life Church. I'm imagining for other, other churches too, but since, since I get to pastor this one, is that um, that it, we keep pressing in for revival. We keep pressing in for miracles, for more of his presence. And, they, and some of these voices are saying, hey, Jonathan, I think God is saying that there's a key for, for forgiveness and repentance that's going to unlock um, a move of his presence and a move of revival and salvations and, and miracles and all of this stuff. And I mean, so like, that's cool that we know that. I'll tell you, but it's, it's a little bit harder to do. It's, in theory, it's like, oh, just forgiveness and just repentance. We, we got that. Revival, come. And, and yet, when, it, when you put it into action, I mean, oh, I've got to get rid of my own junk. I've got I to gotta let Jesus come into that place. And, and I've got to forgive. And, I, and, and you know, like, I, I had a brother that when I had a bruise, like, he'd say, does that hurt? Does that hurt? Does that hurt? Right? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, um, and sometimes it feels like that. But I'll tell you what, that God, God never leads you to a place of pain um, to just leave you there. And he's not like that, like my brother. He's not, he's not, does that hurt? Does that hurt? He, he, he takes you to that place because he, he sees a, a, so much more for your life than you see. Like the, like the, the, the best possible life that you could live and the, the life, of, Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. One of the keys is this, is, is forgiveness. So, so that you can live the abundant life that God has for you and God has for me. And I'll tell you what, I, I, can, I, I feel that ebb and flow sometimes. When, when, I'm, when I'm living the abundant life and I'm clear in my heart and my head towards people, and then I can feel when I'm in that funk and I'm not clear in my heart and my head towards people. And I'll tell you what, like the more that we can be clear in our heart and our head and be, uh, be living um, uh, in that process of forgiveness, oh my goodness, you're going you're gonna to find just freedom. You're going to find healing. Um, Here's this definition. Uh, I get to, I have all this Bible software and I get to dial up uh, uh, definitions and all these people that are smarter than me put it in there and then I get to put it in my notes and make you think that I'm smarter than I actually am. Um, it makes me feel better about myself. So let me give you this really good definition of uh, forgiveness. It says this, forgiveness is the release on the part of the creditor or the offended party. That would be myself or if, if you have something you're holding. Forgiveness is the release on the part of the creditor or the offended party of any expectation that a debt will be repaid or that an offender will receive punishment for an offense. When describing the removal of an inappropriate offense in this way, the removal does not condone the behavior or suggest approval, 
for the offense. That's from the Lexham Theological Workbook or Wordbook. Um, it, it's this thing that I am, I'm actually saying, uh, you don't owe me anymore. And that's hard. I, I talk with people all the time about, you know, some of the things in their heart. I get to counsel people in my office or people go out to coffee and say, hey, tell me about this. And, and you know, one of the biggest reasons that I hear that people don't forgive is because they don't deserve me forgiving them. If I forgive them, then what? I let them off the, the hook. And, and, and that's, the, that's the lie of the enemy, really. That's, that's what the devil wants us to believe, is that forgiveness is all about that. But I'll tell you, um, in, in some ways, uh, that, that, that's true, though, right? When I forgive, I'm letting them off the hook. I'm saying, you don't owe me anymore. Your, your debt, I, I'm covering your debt, and we're, and we're good. We're going to talk a little bit about why we why we need to be in that position in our heart and how it, uh, uh, how it all works out. But my goodness. Uh, um, and I'll tell you, there, there's some misconceptions about forgiveness. You know, um, there are people that have hurt you and they absolutely need to go to jail. You know, there's people that do bad things and they absolutely should be in jail or have, or have uh, some consequences or punishment. They, they absolutely should. And so th- this isn't just a, um, wiping the, the slate clean and so, so to speak, that, that says, and you don't get any punishment, and you don't get any consequence. Like, like, so there are things, um, in fact, if we went through this room, I bet there would be stories that would just, that would just break our hearts. And ab- so we are not saying that it, it condones, that forgiveness condones something or approves of something, but we are saying that it frees you, and it helps you live ev- uh, the, that abundant life that God wants you to live. Um, you, you may absolutely need to put, put distance, uh, physical and emotional distance in your relationship uh, with, because of safety issues. There may be, there may be somebody that you have, you have totally forgiven, you're cleaning your heart, and yet we are not going to be in the same room for at least for a very long time. Um, and, and so there, there is, that's a very appropriate, there's two different things. There's the boundaries that you'll, you may need to, to come up with, and then there's forgiveness. And, and those, are, those may be two separate issues. Um, forgiveness doesn't always equal trust um, or even a restoration of the same level of relationship that you had before. Um, it doesn't always equal that. I think at some level, like that, that's the goal. At some level, like, like I think in, in God's economy, in God's kingdom, he would love to see um, forgiveness be, that, be the open door to this healing that eventually comes where a relationship is restored to uh, as good or better than before. I think in the kingdom that God would probably say that that's like the goal. But I'll tell you what, I mean, how many know it takes like two parties <laughs> to get to that place? You know, and so um, the Bible says that you can do only what you can do that live at peace with all people. And if that other person is not willing to, to live in a healthy way, to, um, to find freedom and healing on their own, it may be that you can't live out the goal that God would have um, for your life. And you do everything you know how to do, walking in forgiveness. Does that make sense? I hope you guys took notes because I was super good. Um, I, uh, man, I'll tell you what, I'm currently dealing with, um, opportunities to forgive right now. 
uh, even in the last week or two. I can, uh, it would be inappropriate for me to share details. I'm, I'm like, as I was preparing this message, I thought, I thought, man, uh, um, I, they, they need me to be just open and honest and vulnerable with them. You know, let me, and I'm like, eh, I can't share that or that or that. So I'm just going to be real, you know. Uh, but, uh, man, there's just, uh, so I just want you to know, you know, I, Jesus and I are good. My family and I are good. Uh, as far as, like, like I'm not, I'm, not, I'm probably just as dysfunctional as some of you in here. That's, that's all I'd say. But we're, we're just, we're making it through. Um, but, man, uh, I have found myself in a season where, um, where there's pain in my heart and, um, and I am, I am on a mission to be totally clear before the Lord and totally clear before people because I know that, that to the degree that I'm not will be the degree that the life of the Lord can't flow through me and, uh, and all that God wants me to be um, won't be possible. And, and he loves me and I'm going to heaven and all that, but I don't want to live below that standard. Does that make sense? But I do know this is that um, I don't want to be flippant about forgiveness either. And I want to talk to you about that here. I think sometimes we forgive a little too fast. And I want to tell you about that. And you guys can agree or disagree. But it needs to be real. It needs to not just be this Christian lip service because we have this spiritual discipline and we know, oh, i got to forgive. And we move. Like, it needs to, needs to be honest. It needs to be real. And I want to share, I want to share about that. But there's been, man, I've had to... Uh, I've had to go back and forgive people I didn't know I had to forgive. I mean, I, I, I've, I've gone with Jesus um, through different types of inner healing processes and gone back, why, am, why is my behavior this way? Or why is my bad thinking this way? And Jesus takes me back to a moment and there's a teacher or there's a, you know, a girl that rejected me. I know, that's surprising. And, you know, or, you know all of this and... and uh, uh, and then, and I've had to, you know, Jesus takes, you know, go back with me to that place. And, Je- you know, I'll tell you, any, Jesus, any place that Jesus takes you in your, in your past, in a memory, in a place of pain, um, is safe because Jesus is with you. And sometimes we don't want to go back to that place. We want to just forget. And I'll tell you, what, you know, um, um, man, forgiveness isn't, isn't necessarily forgetting. I'm not getting ahead of my notes. Um, you know you've forgiven when you no longer have the pain of the memory. You have the memory of the pain. And so Jesus, I man, there's things, there's things in, in my past, uh, uh, and, and I'm wanting to be free, and so he takes me back to that place, and I'm like, oh, that's gross, that's disgusting, or that's, or that's painful, or, you know, whatever it might be. And Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and, and we start asking questions like, like Jesus, what do you want to tell me about this, this thing? What do you want to tell me about this place? And, and, he, and he starts to share perspective with me and, and healing with me. And uh, Jesus, where were you? Man, I remember, I remember dealing with a, um, can I go off script for a few minutes? <laughs> I remember dealing with, with uh, someone uh, years ago in, in my office. Uh, I, I used to lead a program called Master's Commission. It was, it was a discipleship type program. And I remember this, this girl and she was, she was dealing with pain in her own heart. And I remember her saying to me, Pastor Jonathan, I, I know the scripture. And the scripture says that, that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And we all, we all agree with that. And then she said, so was God just watching when all that bad stuff happened to me? I'm like, they didn't, I didn't, they didn't teach me that in Bible school. You know, I'm sitting there like, I, I know nothing. But I know this is that Jesus was able to 
go with her. And, and we could come up with all these theological explanations that really mean nothing to her in that moment. And, uh, but I do know is that, is that he's close to the brokenhearted and that he never designs or desires or plans for that. But somehow in this broken world and all, you know, all of this stuff, the original design was, was perfection in the Garden of Eden and it got way, way off course and, and, and we're dealing with pain. And, and I know that, he, that Jesus took her by the hand and went to that place and there was healing and there was freedom and forgiveness. My goodness. And even as I'm talking, I know that, um, that there's things probably stirred up in some of your hearts. And if you be patient with me, I think that there might be an opportunity for you to even walk in a um, greater level of freedom. Um, here's a, here's a, a main thought today. One of the main thoughts anyways, if you, if you were to just, um, hopefully you walk away with this, is that if we struggle in the least bit to forgive, even a slight pause... We don't fully understand, grasp, or appreciate the debt that was paid for us. That's something I'm, I'm learning. If we struggle, even in the least bit to forgive, we don't fully understand, grasp, or appreciate the debt that was paid. I want to show you why here in a moment. I, um, I was sitting with somebody we were talking about. I was, I was doing my, you know, some of you guys come to... You know, to me to confess, I was going to someone else to confess, you know, and, um, you know, who do pastors go to, right, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I got, got to have, got to have those people, and, and I'm just sharing, and, um, and this, this man gave me a, just a brand new perspective that I really hadn't seen before on, on this passage in Matthew 18, um, and so I want to, I want to share that with you guys today, and hopefully it helps, even as I'm walking through my own stuff, is, uh, so Matthew 18, um, and, and this is right at the end of the, this, whole, this whole discourse. You, you guys remember that place where um, how, do you, how do you confront somebody, you know, you know you had, instead of gossiping about them on Facebook, right? You, you know, and said, blast them. You know, we got so much courage behind the, the keyboard or our phone. We're like, I am so bold right now, you know. So instead of doing that, <laughs> Matthew 18 um, talks about, you know, the, the, the appropriate way to, to go to that person one-on-one, and, and if they don't receive that, then you, you take somebody, uh, two or three people with you, and then if they still don't receive that, you stand them up on the stage and whip them in front of everybody, and, or something to that effect. It's not, I think it, had, it was, wasn't quite that. And then, and then, um, and then uh, so there's a whole process there. Um, and when you get towards the end of, of that, of this part with Matthew 18, um, Peter comes to Jesus, and, and you, have to, you have to understand, Peter and the rest of the apostles, they, they are coming out of this, this, the old covenant mindset with the laws and the regulations, and I mean, I was reading, I was reading uh, Exodus 35 this last week, and it was, it was so clear on honoring the, the Sabbath, which was a day of rest, and, it, and it, in Exodus 35, it talked about this day, this holy day set apart to the Lord, a day of rest unto God, 24-hour day of rest unto the Lord. Can you, you guys hear the theme? The rest unto the Lord. And, and here was it. And if anybody works on the Sabbath, they will be executed. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, that's a big deal. It's a big deal to the Lord, I guess. And and, and so the, the, the apostles, they're, they're coming out of that type of, uh, uh, and if you, you need to fact check me, Exodus 35, go, go there. 
they're coming out of that type of a place of, of law. Repentance, was, remember in, in Matthew 4, Jesus came on the scene and he's talking to the religious leaders and he says, he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's talking to the pastors in the community, right? And, and I mean, he's not talking to all of the, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't go, go you know, to the projects or to the places where all the quote-unquote sinners were. He, he's talking to the pastors and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and why was he saying that? Because the word repentance, matineo, in the original Greek, it means to change the way you think. And he was saying, you can't see the kingdom. I'm standing in front of you right now. I, I'm, I'm the one that you've been praying for, that you've been coming into agreement with. Like, Messiah is coming, the king is coming, and I'm right here. And he, and he said, you have to change the way you think. You have to repent in order to see. At some level, repentance is is. That whole, that transformation, that Romans 12, the, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's this, I'm, I think differently. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, if you thought differently, you wouldn't sin. Like, that's where, that's where it starts. It, it is in your mind, and then it manifests in, in actions. And, and so the, the apostles came out of that environment of thinking really the same way all the Pharisees thought and all, the, all of that, and Peter's reconciling this, this, this whole deal of, of, wait a minute, when somebody sins and when somebody uh, it wrongs me, like the law says this, and I would imagine in some cases it's like, you die. And he's reconciling that thought with now watching, he's following his Savior around for, for, for a few years and he's, and he's watching how he does it. And he's like, wait a minute, you, you forgave that person. Like they're off the hook. They're dead. That's, that's free. You know, remember the, the get up, he tells the guy to get up off his mat and walk and your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are like, what? Mind blown. And so then from that place, Peter comes and he's kind of done his own reconciling of these two thought processes. The ultimate extreme grace that Jesus is walking in and the law that was like, you die. And he reconciles those two things by saying this. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Like up to seven times? He's thinking, just came out of that legalism. I think a good compromise here is seven times. Can you understand the heart of Peter? And Jesus, in the way only Jesus can, he answers and says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Peter's probably trying to calculate the math right there. And what Jesus was saying, no, you forgive and you keep on forgiving. Like, you, uh, I, I let you off the hook and you let somebody else off the hook. And you do it as many times as it takes. And Peter's like, whoa, that's way different. And so Jesus goes... He, he illustrates this thought with sharing um, a, a parable, a story. And so if you, if you go with me, Matthew 18, starting in verse 23. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. Now, Matthew's famous for saying the kingdom of heaven is like. I encourage you, as you read through Matthew in your devotions this week or something, look at those places where he says the kingdom of heaven is like. Because whenever we say your kingdom come, your will be done, we're actually saying, oh, this way and that way. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Like, so watch this. 
The kingdom of heaven that we always talk about, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's like this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, now, it depends on what, what version of the Bible you're, you're reading. Uh, some versions say um, talents. It, it was likely somewhere between like $200 million and a billion dollars, somewhere in there. I like, just for sake of argument, we'll say it was worth a billion. Billion dollars. Just let that sit for a second. He owed him $1 billion, and that was... And uh, this man was brought to him, verse 25. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. And I don't know, if, if there ever been a time in your life when you were just overwhelmed by the debt that you had before the Lord? And it was just like, you just had to get on your knees. You're like, I... You know, like my best is like filthy rags. Like I am just done. I like I there is nothing I have left. And you're just before the king. This is kind of that picture. He just falls on his knees in a place of desperation. Like there is nothing I can do to repay this. Nothing I can do. I imagine um, maybe has any of you guys ever had like a credit card that had like an unlimited balance? Nobody I know has that. Unlimited. I imagine like, you know, it started off small and then there was like a Mercedes Benz or a, or a Beamer or, or maybe it was a house and maybe there was thought, you know, our, I, I, I could work at, we can, maybe you've thought this way, I can, I can afford the payments, right? So, so he could afford the payments and, and he's somewhere along the line. It was an outrageous debt. And he's looking at this, and the creditor comes calling. Falls on his knees. He says, be patient with me, and I will pay back everything. Wake up. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Isn't that amazing? That's the picture. You got, if, you, if you hadn't been following all, that's the picture of Jesus. That, that's God. That's God saying, saying, you guys have this debt that you are unable to pay, and I'm sending Jesus. I'm canceling your debt. You're free to go. So in verse 28, after canceling the billion-dollar debt, and his family doesn't have to go sit in jail, and they don't, like, he, like he's free to go, it says, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with, thee, with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And, and this is, this is the, a picture of, of really what we do. A lot of times we, we get saved. This, this debt that we could never pay back is like, is wiped clean. Jesus says, you don't owe me anymore. And we say, thanks. 
and then our family member, our friend, our acquaintance, the, the government, <laughs> somebody, and we go to them and say, you owe me. You owe me. You owe me. Pay up right now. You can't pay me? And we treat almost like this. And Jesus is drawing the sharp contrast because he's like, just as you could never, and they may never be able to pay you back. How many know that there's some things that have happened to you that that person could never pay you back? Could never pay. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are some things in this room, some stories in this room, and those people could never, even if they worked their lifetime, they would never be able to pay you back. Never. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? You had a debt to him, and you could never, even if you worked your whole lifetime, even if you thought you could afford the payments, the interest is so great, you will never be able to pay him back. And he's saying, like, this is forgiveness. You recognize his forgiveness for your life, and you turn and you say, just as I will. Just as I will. So in verse 31, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. I mean, they had seen this debt that was released for this this one guy, and then they see this, this un- injustice done to, to this guy's servant, and they're outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. It was verse 34. And I'll tell you, um, that's that's where I've stopped most of the time as I've studied this, this passage, and you, some of you probably heard this story before, the unmerciful servant. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively popular parable. And I was sitting with my friend um, a couple weeks ago, and they said, hey, did you, did you know what the very last verse of that verse is? I was like, I mean, and I'm a pastor. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I really didn't know. And he said this, he says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Big, big piece of the puzzle here. And he started talking to me about, he submitted this this idea, and I'll submit it to you as I've been wrestling with it. I think there's times that especially in Christian circles, we forgive too fast. We know the principle of forgiveness. We know that Christians are supposed to forgive. And so we just forgive so that we don't deal with it. We forgive because it's painful. We say, I, forg- I forgave, I forgave. And we still walk away. And anytime that name's brought up, there's a twinge. Anytime we see them in the store, there's a whatever, the emotion comes back. Anytime the story comes, and we're like, Wait, and I'm submitting that one of the reasons could be 
that we didn't really forgive from the heart. Instead, we forgave from the head. That, that Jesus specifically said, forgive from the heart. And I think sometimes we do this mental exercise that makes us feel like we've done some, some Christian righteous act. And I want to ask you, could we learn to forgive from the heart? In other words, like we may have to go to that place of pain again. We, we may have to sit and say, because the heart is where the, the emotions are at. The heart is what was injured. It's where the pain was. It's what happened. And there may have to be this place where we go with Jesus. And from the heart, from the place of pain, from the place of disillusionment, from the place of disappointment, from, from whatever that person or persons did, from that heart, recognizing the debt that they owe you, that they'll never be able to pay back. And then you look and you remember the debt that was paid for you that you will never be able to pay back. And from the heart, from that place of pain, you say, I forgive you. For me, I, you know, I've done this a few different ways. I told you about, you know, having Jesus go with me, you know, and, and saying, Jesus, would you, would you go with me to that place? Would you, um, would you show me what you need to show me? Jesus, what do you need to tell me about this memory? I, I've done that with Jesus, and sometimes it's easier to do it with a person. So I'd encourage you to find someone that you trust. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's a friend, and, and, and they walk with you through forgiveness that you could just kind of confess that, that, that you've been hurt and that there's pain and the both of you kind of walk through that together. Um, I'm doing that with some people because, um, man, sometimes it's just it's easier to be able to have somebody else kind of be the pastor <laughs> and walk me through that place and say, well, did you remember this? Did you, did you think about that? Uh, Jesus, would you show him this? And, man, I'll tell you what, it is so healthy to have somebody walk with you through that, someone that you trust. Um, something else I, that, that I've done, and it's, been, and it's been helpful too, and I just give you just a, just a tool that might help you, is, uh, um, and especially sometimes people have died, and you're, you're not going to ever be able to go and have the conversation that you want to have, but even if they're alive, and you just, maybe, maybe, you, maybe it's inappropriate to just go and have the conversation for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's not going to bring the fruit. Uh, maybe you just need to be clean in your heart and release them. One thing that I've done is write a letter to that person, even if I never planned on sending it. As I'm writing it, I'm letting Holy Spirit bring things up, and I'm pausing at those places that bring pain and emotion, and I'm saying, "Okay, Lord, what do you want to tell me about this? What do you want to tell me?" And it's a uh, and it's a, it's an incredible process. It takes some time, and it's uh, I'll tell you what. Sometimes it, uh, you know. It can be exhausting, and it can be painful, but it can be really healthy, um, just if, you, if that helps you. We, uh, I want to go on. Matthew chapter 6, it, it would, earlier in, in the book of Matthew, um, Jesus, um, we know it as the Lord's Prayer, and he said this, he said, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but what? Deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. 
And, man, if you know, if you know me at, at all, I love to just go to these doozies of passages and wonder about them. And what does this mean? There's all kinds of theological conundrums here, you know. Uh, so if I don't forgive, then he's not going to forgive me. Does that, like, heaven versus hell? Does that mean, like, like can, can I lose my salvation? Or, or, you know, what is this? And, uh, and I'm not going to answer any of your questions right now. I do. I will. I will say a couple things, though. I um, I do think that there are there are places, and we've talked about this in here before, is that there are mysterious places that theologians have been wrestling with for centuries, and I have my leanings, and some of you have your leanings, and um, one day we're going to find out. But I I don't want to live in that danger zone. I don't want to be in that place that that says I I'm pretty sure I'm good with the Lord. I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven. None of us want to say I'm pretty sure. All of us in this room want to say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to heaven, and here's why. Because Jesus has forgiven me my sins. He's Lord of my life. All of those, those, those things. I, uh, he rose from the dead. and uh, we, we all want to be in that place, not in, the, not in the I wonder. I'll tell you this, and I've said it in here before. I think that the, the, one of the hardest unreached people groups in the world that are in that are in danger of um, of going to hell, are those that sit in our pews every Sunday, all across the world, and think they're going to heaven, but they're not. And that's a that's a hard place, and I and that's a place where I can't necessarily judge. I can, I mean, obviously, as the body of Christ, we can say, well, here's the fruit in this person, and the fruit in that, and it looks like they're living for the Lord, or it looks like they're not, and we can be in that place, and thank God that I'm not the, the final judge, right? I mean, praise the Lord that he's got that job, and I, and I don't, but I would want to, I would just want to be clear before God, and not live in a danger zone, I think really what this verse is talking about is um, more quality of life versus heaven and hell. I, this, that my, my take on this, and you can take it however you want. When he says, um, but your heavenly Father would not forgive you, um, I, I think he's talking uh, more about living below the standard that God has for you in your life, the abundant life. Um, and, but there are going to be lots of people that can build a case that this maybe is talking about you either out of your free will giving up your salvation or, or uh, it being taken, and, and you can wrestle with that as you will. Um, but this is, for the sake of this message, um, I believe that at the very least there are some very real consequences for someone who holds bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart. Some very real consequences. Like, um, you've heard me quote this before, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Right? Doesn't that just sound like a great idea? Like, die! You know? That's, that's a that's spirit of stupid. And so, this is my, what I, I'd like to just submit to us, is what if forgiveness unlocked peace in your life? What if forgiveness unlocked joy? What if it unlocked healing and miracles? I, I think that there are people in, in living below the standard, even in finances and, and wealth, directly related to unforgiveness. 
I think that there are things that we've been praying for for years and haven't got breakthrough, and it's directly related to unforgiveness and bitterness. I think that there are health issues that people have in their bodies, that, and they've been praying, they've been at the altar, they've, been, they've had hands laid on them, they've, they've done the James 5 oil and the elders and the church and all of this stuff, and, and there's unforgiveness. And for whatever reason, the Lord's like, I want to do this. I really want to do this. And I think, I think, I think that, that that could be part of it. Unforgiveness is a big deal. It's a real big deal. I think um, at some level, things like revival and the move of God and his presence can be held back because of bitterness and, and unforgiveness. And so the big why of forgiveness in my heart has to do with the abundant life God wants you to live and us to live. I want to go to this last place before we're out. Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It's Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And isn't that just an amazing passage? I mean, we, we, we preach on that level of faith. Uh, I think he was actually pointing to a real mountain when he was talking to his disciples. I, I, I think that there are figurative mountains in our life, but uh, I think Jesus was saying you could actually speak to that physical mountain and move. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, 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 uh, uh, maybe I'm just naive enough to believe, like, like, he could be, like, it could actually be a, a, a real mountain. When he, he cursed a fig tree. Why not, like, uproot this mountain? And Kathleen's been praying for a mountain in her backyard for years, right? Just go speak to it, right? But, but whatever the case, I, he's talking about some extreme faith here. He's talking about miracles. Anybody have figurative mountains in your life? Yeah? Any of you, like, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a bank account, whether it's sickness, whether it's a salvation you're praying for, for a friend or family member, like, there are, there are these, these weights, these pressures, these, uh, and man, and some of you are like, I thought we were talking about forgiveness. And we read the next verse, verse 25, and when you are standing, stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I'm like, man, there is a connection between the miracles that Jesus was talking about and praying for that mountain to move, all the mountains in your life that he's saying, he's saying, just speak to that mountain, and you've been speaking to it, you've been praying, you've been doing a good old Pentecostal like, prayer walk around the mountain, you've been shouting, you've been kicking, you've been... You know, getting quiet, you've been on your face, you've been on your back, you've been like, figure, whatever way you need to do that you've heard that causes something to, to move in the Spirit. And he's like, you forgot verse 25. If there's anything in your heart towards somebody else, it's going to hinder that whole place of faith. 
And I believe, I, I, am, I am a faith man. I, am a, I, I believe in the supernatural. I believe in the healing. I believe in, in all of that stuff. The, the, be, be careful the, the, the words that we say because out of the tongue comes life and death. I believe all of this stuff. And I think sometimes we forget these little principles that could be hanging the whole thing up. And I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying it would be good to just examine our heart and say, is there anything we have against anybody that's holding me back from the abundant life that God has for me? How do I know that I've forgiven? Um, I think two things. Um, There may be more. But one is this, is um, have you been able to bless that person? Jesus, Jesus was saying, uh, he, he said that um, in, uh, later in, in the Beatitudes. He's, he's like, you've heard it said, um, you know, do not murder. I say, do not even be, be angry. And he says, to, uh, uh, well, uh, if, you, if you hold anger and unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's a big deal. And then he says, he says I tell you, um, Bless your enemies and do good to those who, who persecute you. Bless your enemies. I think when you can get to that place where you can wish the best for that person or persons, you've started to find that I'm walking in forgiveness. When I can wish the best for that person or persons. And I already shared this early on, but if I no longer have the pain of the memory, but rather the memory of the pain, I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot, I think, in forgiveness and clear in my heart before God and before people. Some of you in this room, as the worship team's coming and we're going to, we're, we're done and this kind of maybe stirred up some things. There's a, there's a book that um, you should think about getting that might help you go a little bit deeper. It's called Grace and Forgiveness by John and Carol Arnott. And there's other resources, but this may be a good one. Um, I think that uh, I think it's a key for this church. I think it's a key for you individually, for my life, that to the degree that I can walk in forgiveness and be clear in my heart before people is the degree that God can flow through my life and I can walk in that abundant life that God's called me to live. If, if God's brought names and faces to your heart as I've been sharing, I encourage you to just even stay where you're at. Take a few extra minutes. You may want to come to the altar. You could come and, and we'll have some prayer teams in a minute. You could, if you're comfortable, you can come up to a prayer team person and, and share with them. And, um, start the process. You may say today, you know what? I want to forgive and I'm going to forgive, but I don't want to do this flippantly. And you may say, I, I want to, over the next week, over the next two weeks, I'm going to go through a process with the Lord and make sure that this is from my heart and not from my head. That may be you, but can I just ask you to like, not, not just rush past this topic because I think that God wants you to soar, to be everything that he wants you to be. And you stand. If you're, if you're wanting to, if you're, if you're able and wanting, if the Lord's dealing with you and you're, you're welcome to sit, but let's, as Pastor Kelly leads us in this last song and the prayer teams, if you're on a prayer team, you can come forward and honestly, if there's anything that you're dealing with, any area of breakthrough, 
anything that you want someone to agree with you, we've got prayer teams up here and we can. The Holy Spirit, all over this room, from my right to my left, just ask that you would do your work this week. That you would lead us into those places of, of, of forgiveness and healing in our hearts. That we can be everything that you've called us to be. That we could live that abundant life that you've declared. Help us to forgive from our heart. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Let's worship with this one last song. like to stay and have time with the Lord and if you want to come up for prayer and if you want to get your kids and bring them back in here you're welcome. God bless you. I love you. It's fun worshiping with you. Have a good week. Jesus. My heart is open wide I will receive your Give me faith like a child In you my heart runs wild Cause there's no 